0: Sunday night, 7 o'clock, time for the Sports Phone. Y'all ready for this? All right, Sunday night, 7 o'clock, time for another edition of the Sports Phone here on KZYX. Jerry in Portland, Jim back in the studio. Jim, how's it going today?
1: It's going good. We can't get any. No, no, no! Wake up! Wake
0: up! Let's try that again, <laughs> Jim. How's it going today? It's going
1: great, but we there can't. We, go. we can't get any rain here. It's been eight, like eight weeks in the middle of the winter with no rain.
0: We're it's the... dumping up here. It's I... been raining all weekend, all weekend up here in the Pacific <laughs> you Northwest.
1: You know how we collect water off our roof? I mean, you know, you right. you grew up there. It's, maybe I could run a really long pipe. From <laughs>
0: a really long underground tube
1: all, all the way to our our storage tank i don't need it i
0: don't have i don't have wells i don't have a storage system <laughs> I, I'll, I'll ship it down to you i'll start collecting let's move
1: it on we got an interview today
0: we do we do um uh, it, i guess i guess the only thing i would say at this point before we dive right in uh I, my season's done i got through my first season as a basketball coach i don't know wow. how much we'll go into that if we want to at all later in the show but i got through it successfully.
1: There's a lot of coaches that are finished coaching this week. Yeah, Spe- yeah, yeah. Got, especially got, one, got through it. Especially ones that aren't in any playoffs anywhere. Oregon's done. Right. California's in the second week of playoffs. Oregon's in the first week of playoffs. Tell about the sports phone, and then we're going to move on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So if this is your first time listening to the sports phone, uh, very simply put, this is an open forum sports talk show. Uh, Jim and I have been athletes, we've been coaches, we've been fans. Uh, We just love sports and we like to open up the phones and get on the radio here once a week to bring our love of sports to the listening audience here on KZYX. If it is sports related, we want to hear about it. It can be professional sports, high school sports, college sports, uh, rec league sports, issues, controversies, topics, questions, trivia, whatever you want. As long as it is sports related, we want to hear about it. So we look forward to opening up the phone lines. And giving us and getting a call or getting calls from you, the listeners, to uh, to drive the show as we get rolling here. But as Jim mentioned, we are going to start the show with a guest. We are in basketball season. We are in playoff season, and we've got I think one of the one of the best one, one of the bright spots uh, consistently in in the. Uh, in the KZYX listening area that, that, we're, that we're talking to today. So, Jim, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest, and let's get rolling.
1: Yeah, we've all lost to Cloverdale many times <laughs> in, in a lot of different eras of my... Not,
0: not as much for, for me and you, though, because they, they yeah. they're a bigger school than us. But 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 a lot of other schools in the Mendocino County area have lost to Cloverdale quite a bit.
1: Jared Greninger, and th- this is what, what jumped out at us today when we were... Um, When we were reading about Jared and talking to him on the phone, this guy's busy in Cloverdale. He's the athletic director, the varsity boys basketball coach, and math teacher in Cloverdale High School. Um, I played against him once when he was coach at Windsor. Uh, My teams played against him then. I've never played against him. Let's bring him up here. Jared, you there? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. It's a busy time. Jared, why don't you explain um, where, what, where Cloverdale's at and then let Jer, uh, Jared comment from there.
0: For sure. So to kind of set the table for everybody, um, Cloverdale was the number one seed in division five boys basketball this year, Uh, made it to the semifinals uh, lost to the number four seed urban 56 54. Um, But that performance getting to the semifinals was good enough to get them into the NorCal regional tournament where they are going to be the number one seed again. Um, And they have a buy in the first round and they are awaiting their, their first round opponent, which will be determined after Tuesday night. So Cloverdale's season uh, moves forward so coach I guess to get started uh, 25 and 2 13 and one in league semifinal appearance uh, in in the uh, in the NCS playoffs at, at this point kind of looking back on the season so far uh I, I think it's always it's always hard to be to find too much to be critical of when you're 25 and two but what what stands out at, at this point in the season how if you had to kind of reflect on the year up to this point
2: Oh yeah, I mean, obviously the record speaks for itself. It's been uh, an incredible season. Um, We started the year with a twenty-game winning streak. Wow! um, Yeah, it's just an incredible amount of wins. Um, You know that that meant we won our first three um, preseason tournaments. Which uh, you know, you guys know as basketball coaches, if you can come away with your preseason winning a tournament, doing good in the other two, you're really happy moving into league. Um, this team, I mean, like like I said, super special. And our toughest tournament was there at the end of December um, down at Head Royce. And we had quality wins over Head Royce in the semifinal.
1: Um, okay. And what I like
2: to say is uh, that that that's the last time they're going to schedule us on their side of the bracket. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and then uh, Lick Wilmerding, uh, another good uh, city private school. Uh, we beat them in the final. And once, once we got through that, we were ten to zero, and that's when, that's when you stop wondering so much, and, and you start to understand that uh, you know you're you're part of something really special, um, especially heading into league. So, uh, at that time, we really tried to recognize that and and be happy with that. But um, we also knew we had a um, tough enough league schedule that we needed to move forward and keep doing good things.
0: So I, I kind of was looking through your schedule. and some games, you guys scored a ton of points. Other games, it was more of a low-scoring affair. If someone has never seen Cloverdale basketball before, how would you summarize this year's team in terms of what they would be in for if, you, if they came and watched a game?
2: Um, we are a uh, fast, high-flying team. Uh, we like to get out and press early and often in the game. Um, we, are, we are very big on our fast break. It's our, it's our number one scoring option. Um, and yeah, these these guys are able to make full court passes for layups that uh, really leave you in amazement. And it's not it's not something that happens every year. Their uh, their talent, like I said, not to only get out and run, uh, but to make those passes and be consistent and have that awareness. Um, yeah. It's it's a very exciting team to watch.
1: You know, you know, Jared. Um, again, I i I've, I've been around a long time watching Cloverdale play and uh, to me there were eras at at Cloverdale you and i talked about this a little bit earlier in the week there was the era of the mcmillans the mcmillan father and the mcmillan son the name mcmillan then there there were the birds um they were they were before the Rollins, and then you know Richie and Robbie Rollins came. You know, professionals. These are these are professional athletes, come through at the same time. And I've always said, like the orpazes and the Washingtons in in Point Arena that Jerry you know was was involved with, it doesn't take that much at a small school. One family can affect a team for five or six years. Do you have, is there a new name in Cloverdale? Is there a family that's dominating again? And what, what's it like coming after the Rollins and the McMillans and, and the Birds? It must just, if you hear about these teams, right? And, and these, these families?
2: Yeah, and like you say, um, Cloverdale has been fortunate where a couple of them have been at school at the same time. And they can really have, uh, you know, some special seasons. Um, competition breeds success. So despite being in a small town, you know, these kids grow up playing against each other. I mean, Cloverdale, is kind of, it's in between uh, the Santa Rosa-Windsor area and Ukiah. Um, you, you really got to have a reason to head down the highway. So kids are staying here. They're, uh, you know, battling each other on the, on the rec courts day in, day out, um, coming up through middle school and into high school. Um, that you, like I said, despite it being a small town, you, know, you actually get some uh, pretty exceptional talent.
1: So these names are still thrown around in, in the sports world in Cloverdale? The, the McMillan? Oh, and, yeah. The, there's, yeah.
2: Uh, yeah um, you know, they, they still come out to the games. Um, really? You, you hear about those families coming out, and it's a very tight-knit town. I mean, there's a um, a player on my team that's related to the Birds. Yeah. Um, wow. You know, so it's, it's, we, we have that. We, we have coaches that are related to the Gastineaus and, um, it's, mm. it, there's not many degrees of separation between, uh, the greatness that was before and, uh, what's special happening now.
1: Huh.
0: So I guess on, on that note, I, I, I went back and I was looking a little bit, Jared, at kind of the, the history of this, of this boys program. And the worst record I could find in the last 10 years was 15 and 12. So it, it kind of brought Jeez. up this question and it's something Jim and I talk about all the time when, when he was coaching at Mendocino and I was helping him out that when you're at a small public school, consistency is the biggest challenge because you just don't really know what hand you're going to get dealt year in and year out. I think you answered the question a little bit already when you were talking about like people just, you know, being out and playing so much. But how do you find consistency like that to, to have winning record after winning record and Cloverdale's obviously bigger than mendo but in the grand scheme of things it's not a huge school so where does that consistency come from that, that you can have a program that's this good year in and year out
2: um well i'm new to cloverdale uh, i come from more of the santa rosa and Marin area um especially uh, my, my previous coaching experience um, that being said, there's been, there's been great coaches, uh, and not only just at the, at the high school level, but down into middle school, whether it's, uh, dads want to make sure their kids, uh, you know, have, have a quality season, uh, up to the coaching history here, here at the high school. I think I'm the fifth coach in the last 50 years, which, <laughs> you know, there, so there's consistency, um, there's, there's pride taken in, in, in the coaching, um, and yeah kind of like I said before kids kids stick around uh it's there's something about playing at cloverdale uh you know I got a um, you know c- a couple players that have had um, you know family members play ahead of them and it's fulfilling a legacy it's it's seeing it as a young kid and wanting to be part of that and getting that opportunity and but besides that they also step up and execute um, a lot of good talent but Also, a lot of uh, yeah, just gamers, and these these kids can come out and play basketball game. It's pretty special.
1: One of the one of the um, differences of Cloverdale is you seem to be competitive with these these private schools, and it's it's an issue that I I was fighting back with Tim Anderson ten years ago. Um, It still goes on. I mean, you look at your bracket now. I mean, Cloverdale happens to be the number one seed. You look through that bracket, the last four teams in the finals, in the semifinals, three out of four were 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 private, and I think if you look back at the beginning, out of the 16, I think there was 13 that were private, and... Are you fine with it, or, or do you think the private schools, and, and to, to say the disadvantage you're at, you get the kids that are in the Cloverdale District. I always say a private school gets anybody in the United States that they want. So is that fair, and are you fine with it, or do you think you could have some down years where the, the private schools are, are just just dominating? How do you feel about the whole public versus private all in the same division?
2: Oh, I, I try to be a very positive person, so I, I probably actually just trick myself into being fine with it. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the the wins against the private schools are that much sweeter. Yeah. Um You know, through, throughout my coaching career, it's it's amazing how many of those special wins. Yeah, those those were against the private schools, and and you see it, um, you see it in the kids' uh, faces, you see it in their emotions after a win like that because they get it too.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, um, yeah. They're,
2: they're, they're not blind to what's happening there. So um, it, it makes the win that much more sweet. And it's also not going to change. And, and they've they made small changes, but I, I, I really try not to get too worked up about something that's, that's not going to change. It's just part of what we deal with.
1: That's a good good
2: um, thing. The competitive balance um, moving around the divisions, I think, is uh, we're starting to see the benefits of that. Where at first is you know is this going to work? We're starting to see some of those powerhouse uh, cities, uh, private schools, they're up several divisions and still doing well. I so know. you know, good, good, good for them. But it's not as unbalanced as it used to be.
1: Yeah, they did make some changes. Where if you if you dominated one division, <clears throat> just just for a little background for people, the only thing that puts you into the division, division one through six. In in uh, Northern California, NCS or CIF, California Interscholastic Federation, is the number of kids in your school. So the equity of 250 kids in a private school versus 250 kids in a public school isn't the same. And uh, I am so happy we've got Jared and Cloverdale here to put some of those private schools in their place. <laughs> yeah. that's. Thanks, uh, I- I've got to teach
2: Hey, well, hey i got to... <laughs> I'm sorry go ahead
1: i've got a t-shirt jared i think you've seen it you probably have one i listed on the back of a t-shirt yeah. once the big wins that our school had be- I- the,
0: your best year at mendo <laughs> when you beat a bunch of private schools you literally made a shirt and had all of them on there <laughs> i know i remember
1: that i know go ahead jared um, we're, g- we're gonna uh, we should move on pretty soon here what else you got for jared well jared were you going to
0: say one thing there before we, we jumped in did you have something you wanted to add Oh yeah, no. I was just going to say
2: I have I have, a, I have an easy fix. Uh, it'll it'll never happen, but I have an easy fix for the private versus public, and that's uh, let us recruit too. The yeah, we there don't, you, rec- go. Uh, you know, charge tuition. We'd blow those private schools out of the water.
0: There you go. That's, the, that's there's an option. I mean, it's as it's as viable as I think anything else that's ever been presented. Um, Jared, my my last question, and then we'll we'll wrap it up here. And we love asking people this question because. I think we Jim and I just like to find what answers become consistent and what ones aren't. So favorite sports memory. And it's kind of, I mentioned when I was prepping you for this question, this doesn't have to be as a coach. It could be as a player, a fan a parent. It can be as, it from any perspective, do you have something that really stands out as your, is your first thought when we ask that question?
2: Oh, yeah, that's a tough one. Um, you know to, to go real young with it, um, I, gr- I grew up a Yankee fan I grew up on the East Coast and uh, to to my credit uh, they were terrible when I lived on the East Coast. I, I grew up with the, the bad Yankees of the uh, 80s and early 90s um, but I can uh, when I, when I moved out to California in 95 uh, and they won their first World Series in 96, uh, you know it's one of those you'll never forget where you're at um i think it was at a fall harvest middle school um event there there in uh, Sebastopol and uh, the cool uh history teacher 6th grade history teacher had a tv in his room so it was the last game of the world series and we're watching it and all my buddies couldn't have cared less and i just
0: start screaming <laughs> like a maniac I'm like what, nice. what are you doing? Dude? Like, oh, no
3: you don't it. get it this is big.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well coach listen Thank you so much for spending some time with us. Uh, I'm rooting for, for you guys all the way up here in Oregon. I hope all of, of the KCYX listening area is rooting you guys on. Good luck uh, in the Norcals, um, whoever you guys are playing. It, it was a pleasure talking to you.
1: Give us a call next week, Jared. Just li- listen into the sports phone next Sunday night. Give us a call and give us an update after your game. When is your game, Friday or Saturday next week?
2: Um, we have we have a buy on Tuesday, oh, and then we play the the winner of the eight nine on Thursday.
1: On, at home on Thursday, at and, home, and then yeah, if you win that, you play. And do you play Saturday or not until the next week?
2: We would play Saturday as well. Yeah, if if we win on Thursday,
1: we'd love to hear from you, especially if you're still in after Saturday.
2: <laughs> yeah, how long does the show go? Uh, you know, if it, after Saturday's game. I'll, I'll
1: try and call you with all the the high emotion right? thanks jared good talking to you all
2: right thanks for having me
1: guys thank you seven oh good stuff good, good st- stuff. yeah it's good to have local interviews back now and then that was a special one 707-895-2448 we had two calls during that interview and uh we welcome you to call call anytime we're we're ready to roll here on the sports phone, Jerry. you Have anything to pick? I'm going to jump right into this day in sports. If if uh...
0: no, yeah, I don't have a lot. I just going back to one more time, just the the absurdity of the consistency of that program. Right. <laughs> like going back to when I was there, which was 2010. Like they, like they, that program has been good for so long, and it's it's a credit to as as Jared said, the coaches, the you know high school and below the community for just getting behind that that program it's it's really impressive to see how and it's, in, it in relative relative size it's not a huge area how how good that program has been year in and year out not just boys basketball like there's other programs that have been amazing in Cloverdale girls
1: volleyball is one mm-hmm. girls yep. volleyball like something about they won for 3 years without losing i mean there's yeah. there, there's there's, yeah, so there's some stats just, did there's some stats and some dedication in Cloverdale that we've been through before. That we we had the the girls volleyball coach on mm-hmm. once, and her statistics and her success in a, in a program was compared to none. No. You you can't compare it. So yeah, um, let's root. Let's all root for Cloverdale. they I don't I imagine they're going to play many uh, public private schools public schools in the next uh, the next two weeks. They keep winning. <laughs>
0: Uh, but, yeah, we're gonna get the phone lines opened up. 707 895 2448 Give us a ring if you've got anything you want to talk about going on in the world of sports. 707-895-2448. Jim, go ahead. The floor is yours.
1: In night in uh this uh, just some little tidbits until someone calls or or you you can interrupt Jared. 227. February 27th, 1959. Bob Cousy with the Boston Celtics had 28 assists in a game. Uh, it said it was record-setting there, and do you know for a fact, here that has that been beaten?
0: Uh, I'm taking a look right now. Scott Skiles got 30 on December 30th, 1990.
1: Huh, okay. Uh, so anyway, that was a record then in 1959. And remember, that was pre-shot clock, so they weren't shooting as much. I think more of note in that is the 173 points that they scored without without a shot (laughs) clock. (laughs) Now, forget
0: the forget the 28 assists. There's nobody scoring 173 points in basketball anymore. Even though the even though it's high scoring.
1: December twenty. I'm sorry, February 27, 1963. Mickey Mantle signed his. Big one hundred thousand dollar contract. That's always yeah. fun to. I think we went into
0: that a little bit last, last week. On that, just is just was <laughs> like nothing. I think I, it's like five times the league minimum now. I
1: think. Like I, think I think there's basketball players that make more than that per game nowadays. Yeah. In uh, uh, a little out of order, but February twenty seventh, nineteen sixty. I didn't know about this. The USA beat Russia, USSR, in the for the Olympic gold. I thought the first time that ever happened was a miracle on ice in 1980, but apparently we beat uh, Russia in hockey in 1960. I'm not sure where that tournament was, where that Olympic games uh, were. I I saw the one in 1980 in Lake Placid, the the famous miracle on ice game. But anyway, um, that's all I got. It wasn't a really big day. You got anything uh, to There's add? In
0: Squaw Valley. The 1960 Olympics were in Squaw Valley, wherever that is. It's in California. I can tell you that
1: much. That that's Lake Tahoe area. Okay, that, that makes Squaw sense. Squaw sure. Valley. Squaw Valley is the name of a, a ski resort. You're saying that the Olympics were in the town of Squaw Valley? I didn't even know there was. that said one. it was Squaw
0: Valley. I don't know. I just I saw Squaw Valley. I didn't look too wow. much beyond that. Wow. Nineties.
1: <laughs> um. Yeah, I've got. Uh, I get. We no, got. We got to move on. There's no calls.
0: Yeah, well, give us a call if you've got anything you want to talk about going on in the world of sports. 707-895-2448. Got about uh, a little more than a half hour left on the show here, so we haven't hit the halfway point yet. Uh, give us a call if you got anything you want to talk about. 707-895-2448. Uh,
1: I, I know what one I want to talk about here. It, it, I mean, um, I had this big, long list and and then you just blew it out of the water. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you with this okay. last this one. Yeah, this
0: is a this is a fun one. I'm I'm all in. I think this is I'm excited about this. I'm as going. A, I'm going. As a Portland native, I am excited for this. So, I'm I'm scrolling through, I don't remember what it was that where I found this. I like think it was it might have been on Twitter. And I'm just scrolling through and I see an article from the Oregonian uh,
1: that is from 2 days ago and hold on jared save, save that though okay.
0: yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll save the story let's,
1: we got to get, get to that on. one hello you're on the sports phone
0: wow i think that was
1: pretty quick yeah well, we're, thanks for
3: your show we're ready guys for the subject so i think i throw it out there and see what you guys think go ahead i'm a Packers fan been a Packers fan all my life Packers.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: and uh so i've watched uh what's been going on with aaron Rodgers the last couple three years
1: mm-hmm.
3: with his covid thing
1: <laughs>
3: oh. and my position as a packer fan when this COVID thing rolled out, I said, well, we'll find out how serious this thing is by by the NFL. If they freeze the NFL, then this is a serious problem. But if they keep the NFL rolling, then it's just some kind of creepy, weird scam <laughs> that i got to figure out. Anyway, can you guys roll about that? Talk about the significance of the NFL relative to this COVID thing? Appreciate it. Thanks.
0: Yeah. I, wow, there's. This, we uh, talked about this a while ago. I think that with the... The, the, I'm trying to remember how I, how I put this when we talked about this a long time ago. But ba- basically, like, I look at it as when, when COVID took its dip, like when fall sports, I, I'm thinking about it from a local standpoint, like to the Oregon sports area, like fall sports kind of seemed to be go very smoothly, more or less. There, there was little little blips here or there. But I think by the time the NFL got, what, like halfway or three-quarters of the way through the season and the variance spiked up. I didn't see a world where the NFL paused or stopped just because they were so far into the season and just from a money standpoint it I just didn't see it happening just for purely financial reasons it got a little weird with with you know how many people were in covid protocol you had like teams were entire first teams were either out uh were out because of covid protocol stuff but I, I wasn't surprised that they didn't stop the season. I, I thought that that was pretty much what I expected. Uh, at, at the local level, I'm surprised that some sports continued. But once they got to that point in the NFL season, I, I wasn't surprised
1: that they, they kept rolling. You're on the air with a sports phone. Could you have imagined
3: if Aaron Rodgers had to sit out every fourth game because he was playing in a state that had a vaccine mandate? <laughs> hey, guys, how are we doing tonight? Hey Vince, doing well. Good. Yeah. I, I, I kind of find that interesting that there wasn't anything said. I guess nobody on the Giants or the Bills or the Jets was unvaccinated because you know, Kyrie Irving couldn't play uh in NBA games because of that. So I'm assuming the entire those entire football teams were were watched or, or you just never heard about a player having to sit, sit were
1: they were they games? are those football uh, stadiums indoor arena yeah
0: i was to say my guess is cuz it was outdoor
3: is okay so that's what it is then okay so the nba is doing it because it's, it's, an, it's that's only indoor mandate did either, I gotcha,
1: okay did either I, one of us did either one of us answer that guy's question jerry you vince I'm sure i sure you heard it what was his question really about with Aaron Rodgers. I never really understood. The what question th- wasn't about Aaron Rodgers. He well, just said yeah, he was a yeah, Packers fan. The, oh, okay. the, the,
0: yeah. the question was about just the NFL's reaction to COVID.
1: Okay. All right. All right. Well. Uh,
3: well g- great interview. Um, I kind of think I might have lost my train of thought on my, my one subject. But I'm going to go ahead and throw this at you guys because this is a topic that we've We've slowly touched on, but I feel like it's gaining more traction. And as we head towards elections and such, um, it's going to become really big. And that's the transgender uh, athlete. Um, and the main reason this has popped up recently for me is I watch, you know, we have cable TV here, so I watch a lot of my sports with commercial breaks. And there are now two commercials, Under Armour and Adidas, that are pushing the let Us Play, Let Us Play, and it's about girls getting a chance to play and, and, and uh, undersized boys getting to play. And it also mentions directly in the Adidas one, I believe, trans athletes let us play, which is, you know, pushing back against, I think it's 16 states now, maybe, Jerry, correct me if I'm wrong, that have laws on, you know, trans athletes playing. Um, They're uh, looking up a – yeah, go
0: ahead. South, South Dakota became the tenth state as of this month. Just ten, okay. Okay. And when, let's let's
1: that. clarify. There's only one issue that's really being discussed with trans yes. youth, and that is um, p- people being born male transitioning to female, and should they be able to play female sports? That's it, what these. That, that's what these ten states.
3: In the, yeah, in the Adidas commercial, it does say trans women. It, it specifically mentions that
1: and the, in the commercial. And exactly, and that's that's what they just passed in these ten states is they yeah. weren't not allowed. If you were born male, you could not play female sports. That's that's pretty pretty clear. The uh, to be fair, here the phones are ringing like crazy. Um, to to be fair to to all sides here, um, I read the quote by the governor of South Dakota. Her simple point was my daughters should not have to play against people born male competing in female sports. That's the issue with those states.
4: Yeah.
3: And and really quick, I'll I'll send you guys. It it looks as though the NCAA track and field has put in uh, allowable testosterone levels, Mm -hmm. um, which I believe... Uh, and I'm sure Dr. Patty will chime in here at some point, but like uh, um, a male's is like 17. Uh, there's like a, a way they describe it, and then it's like a woman's is 1.7. So they're going to go with five, which is a higher level, obviously. Still, um, so they're they're pushing more towards athletes, obviously, that are in the process of or have completed the transition uh, from male to woman, and not just like um, I, the identity.
1: Let me take another call. Kennedy,
3: so I'm gonna leave it there, guys. Nice.
1: Call back, Vince. Nice. Hello, you're on the air. Sorry about the wait.
4: Hi, this is Tim from Moscow, Idaho. Hi, Tim. And I wanted to, I I wanted to circle back to high school basketball. Um, because in a rural state like Idaho, and I'm presuming in rural parts of California, um, basketball really is the big sport. Um, the schools are too small to have um full size football teams. They play eight man football. And really the only sports that, that you know that are they play like a everybody else it's it's basketball. Mm-hmm. And it's highly competitive. Um the towns like they're usually about a thousand. And uh it's um probably the most fun that uh, you can have in Idaho is
1: watching high school basketball. How many st- so, how many students in Moscow High School? Well, Moscow High School is um, a big school compared
4: to everything else around here. So um, they're probably in the 4A division, which is about 640 to 1,279 students. Okay, got it. Uh, um, mostly, uh, I see 1A division, which is basically 100 to 159 high school students, 9 through 12. So... Um, that's what we mostly have in our part of Idaho, North Idaho. Anyway, um, I don't know if, if California is the same, but it's really it's where the action is uh, for high school sports uh, in the winter. and um, Pretty much all year long, the kids are out there starting in the elementary school, playing basketball on the, on the playground, and then even in, in high school, right after lunch, the high school kids are in the gym, uh, working on their maneuvers, um, male and female, it's, it's quite the deal. Anyway, yes. I'll, I'll let you go on with whatever you're chatting about.
1: Thanks awesome. Lot,
0: Thanks, Tim. Tim. Yeah, to, to go off of that real quick, I, I don't know if it's, if it's just like by default, if I would just say basketball. I think the, the better answer that I would give to Tim's comment is that in our area, the popular sports at the small school levels are the ones you don't need as many people for. So I think by default that kind of becomes basketball, but there are schools in this area Mendo as one that have very, very successful volleyball programs. Um, I think the one outlier to that in the Mendocino County area is there are some small schools that have very successful soccer programs, not just Anderson Valley, but there's some other ones in the area um, like your Calistoga's and those types of schools that are very successful soccer programs. So, i think that for the most part i wouldn't necessarily say it's basketball it's more just the sports that you have need less people to field um with soccer being the exception to that all
1: right jerry can can i can i go can i uh just i want to just totally change subject this was on this was on our radar we talked about the the south dakota um trans trans youth issue i have to um and, and the reason is I listened to the I listened to, to the people that have been the most against trans youth playing specifically trans females that were born male switching uh, transitioning to female and then playing in youth sports high school sp- specifically um, I always wondered well what is going to determine if that person can play male or female and the gender identity issue was you just say that i'm i mean and and again i'm I'm basically devil's advocate here if you just say i identify as a female and you were born male then you can play that i have plenty of people that i talked about this issue that says yeah if 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 you identify as a as a female, you should be able to play female, regardless of, of, of if you were born male or female. That's what has been outlawed in these 10 states, because they don't want males playing and, and eliminating and dominating f- female sports. So that that's that side of it. I always ask myself, Jer, if we allow this and it goes further, how are we going to measure? What is going to be the measurement? I... I I identify as, or are we going to start, and, and Vince threw this out there, that there are going to be measurements that determine whether you can play male or female sports. Do you have anything else on, on that, Jerry? I just wanted to say, I was wondering what there what was going to be used to determine.
0: I, I don't try to get into the science of this because it gets so complicated so fast. Uh, and, and especially because like I, I don't think that these bills are using science to my right. understanding like there's a difference between what i think vince has talked about where the ncaa is coming up with these like right test levels things where these bills are just saying transgender women can't play female sports like there's there's no like wiggle room for what percentage of this do you test for kind of thing so mm, okay. you've got two different kind of things going at each other where you've got youth sports and when i say youth sports i'm talking high school and below which is much more controlled by states and then you've got the ncaa who can kind of make their own rules for college sports so you're dealing with kind of two different sets of rules i
1: the other you know, thing the other thing jer and i'll let you go off here in a second again is i think you brought this up a couple months ago is this is a very interesting topic to talk about yeah but the percentage that it's affecting is very, 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 well, very yeah, small. The, the,
0: the last time we brought this up, and, and I'm not saying that this doesn't exist, right? To be very clear, I'm not saying this issue doesn't exist. And By the way, 707-895-2448. Give us a ring if you've got anything you want to talk about going on in the world of sports. Again, that's 707-895-2448. Um, what I, the last time this came up, what I pointed out was... You have this like very, very specific set of circumstances that has to come around for this to become an issue. Right. First, you need a, I would say, competent to dominant female athlete. Or excuse me, male athlete. Like, that's the starting point you need for this. Then you need that individual to identify as a woman or female, then you need them to go through a transition. And then on top of that, you now are assuming they want to continue to participate. So it's just this, it's this very kind of like specific slice of a niche, kind of like small group, so to speak, that that creates this scenario. And again, I'm not saying it's not an issue. I'm not saying it shouldn't be discussed, but it's just, I find it fascinating that this is becoming such a big thing for I would argue, a somewhat small subset of the sports population.
1: Hello, Cole. You're on the air.
5: Hey, guys. So, yeah, I agree with that last comment. It's definitely a very small subsection. I think that, you know, obviously the most egregious probably situation is that you know, the, the swimmer that's been uh, been competing against the naturally born, you know, women, if you want to call it that, um, that's just been dominating that. Mm-hmm. the entire you know, swimming world and you know, there's there's a lot of a lot of ladies have been, you know, training and competing their whole lives and you know, the the concept of the NCAA is, you know I I feel personally it's misguided. I'm serious about as people think, but measuring current testosterone, if you have someone who in a, in, a, in, a, in a strength or a size kind of sport that has, you know, been a male until they're 18, 19, 20 years old um, and then, you know, switching kind of sexes or, ident- or identities. I, I don't know if the current testosterone level it, it is as important as you've got this, you know, growth over time that has you know created an unfair advantage in swimming if you know you look at that swimmer you look at the height and the arm length and the arm strength you know I don't know that the, what's happening right now is as relevant as you know puberty and to- and time and whatnot um, but for, from my view it doesn't it, it doesn't seem very fair but uh, I'm curious what you guys think about that part of the puzzle
4: Thanks. well I,
0: I think that well, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, thank, thank you for the call. I think what you just said, it, it, it is a really good example of how how easy it is for supporters of this type of law to make their argument. And what I mean by that is what caller, I believe what you were referring to is there's a, a college swimmer who's a, a trans woman named Leah Thomas who uh, has the fat fastest times in the nation in the 200 and 500 yard freestyle uh, and is qualified for the NCAA championships. And what I mean by easy is it's just, it makes the argument incredibly simple for people that want these kind of bills where they can point to that and say, that's a, that's a, that, that, that was someone that transitioned from male to female and is now the best swimmer in women's in women's college swimming. This is why we can't allow this. And they, they it gives them the ammunition to make a really really simple argument in a very nuanced complicated issue it, it's very and it, complicated. It, it, but, but it, it's very complicated but it's it's these types of examples that make it very easy for one side to argue their case
1: yeah Vin, Vince said, sent another article um, about a trans woman that is just dominating the um, the power lifting. Um, right. um, 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 <clears throat>
0: because I, I think if you look at, and again, I'm kind of going, Go ahead, Chair. I, I'm just going through kind of this article about the South Dakota thing or South Dakota law and the argument that kind of a lot of people, according to this article are making in, against these bills is this, it's not as much about sports. It's about right to exist and right to access and I think the problem with that is, like, they're not saying, oh, this person finished 12th, they, so it's totally fine. They're just saying they should be in the events or that, like, they should be able to participate regardless of where they place. And it, it gets really complicated when you're trying to make a, a larger argument by singling out participation in sports where it's just very simple for the people that are in favor of these laws – to just say this person's dominating weightlifting, that's why we have to do this. This person's dominating swimming, that's why we have to do this. So it's just a, it's it's really easy for one side of this to make their case, and I don't think it's as easy for the other side. It's because right. They, right. Have to, and, and it, they have to thread a much more nuanced needle than, than the other. One side. of
1: our regular texts text said very clearly, thought that I just said that if you were born female, you should be allowed to play women's sports. And I, I didn't I didn't say that. I haven't quite. Come to come to grips with this yet, but th- this clarity here. How can you identify as a male be allowed to play in female sports? I believe you are born male, chromosomal chromosomally born male. that you have to play in your biological field? That is what the, these ten. That is the basis. That's what
0: states are doing in youth sports. I- exactly. Yeah, is, and then the NCA right, is going a little bit different route with it. At
1: they, least it appears they're going they with their measurement. Thanks for that text to, to clear it up. I, I hope I, I didn't. Chair, um, uh, let's, let's, uh, now, now that we're talking about um, females. We yeah, have about f- and, 15 minutes left on the show.
0: 707-895-2448. 707-895-2448.
1: This is a perfect time to talk about your new, or let's try again with the organ or try, try again with this organ story. Yeah, I love it. I love this story. I'm going to try to let you get this story in before I take another call. Go.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, if anyone's got anything they want to talk about, anything we have talked about, or something brand new they want to bring up, 707-895-2448. Okay. So I'm scrolling through Twitter, and I find this story from the Oregonian. There's a new sports bar opening up in northeast Portland in the start of April. I'm all in. I love sports bars. The name of this place is the Sports Bra, B-R-A. You said B-A-R, sports bar? Bra, (laughs) B-R-A. The name of the place is going to be the sports bra. And they are deeming it the only women's sports bar in the world. Now, what that means is what I was curious. Like, okay, so what are we calling a women's sports bar? And the person that's opening it is basically made this kind of argument. Is that 40% of athletes are women, but 96% of athletes on TV are men this bar is only going to show women's sports on tv uh they've already struck a deal with espn for a bunch of on-demand content in case there's no live sports uh they're currently in negotiations with a couple of the local uh portland women's pro sports teams they're going to get some i think it's going to be streaming rights for those games uh a couple other little facts about it they're going to do uh they're going to do all their food and beverages locally from women-owned companies a company called Girl or a group called Girls Build, which teaches girls uh, woodworking and kind of building skills, is building a ton of the furniture and the and like the bar tops and the tables for the place. And that that's kind of the whole thing. It's it's so it's going to be a, a, a sports bar that only shows women's sports. My immediate reaction to this was: if the food's good, I'll go. I'm uh, all in.
1: I, I I think it's fantastic. I think this is just the the best idea for a sports bar. Ever. And it's in
0: the perfect place too. In I, I don't think there's a better city that they could have done this in. Huh.
1: I i, I want to see the, the popularity. I'd like you to follow up on this. When are the opening? April. I'm in. I'm going. Day one.
0: <laughs> I'm there. Well, and, and I think like to kind of go into that a little bit more, Jim, um, about why I think it's such a good spot, like, women's sports in Portland has a really good footprint. Like the Portland Thorns, are, which is the soccer team up here, is just as popular as the Portland Timbers, the men's soccer team. Like, they sell out their games, and they yeah. have a really, really good presence. So it's just a really good spot for it. Uh, the person that's founding it uh, played basketball, has been in the, the restaurant industry. Uh, it, I, I'm all in. Like I said, I, I – if, if, the, if the food's good and they make a good drink or I can get a cider on tap, I don't care what's on TV. You, you have an
1: watch. address? I think we should promo this place right now. You have an address for it?
0: Uh, I'd have to find it. Uh,
1: you said Northeast, uh, northeast Portland? Don't,
0: I don't have it. I just know it's going to be Northeast Portland,
1: yeah. 707-895-2448. Jerry's talking about a new sports bar in Portland, the sports bra that's only playing female sports on on, on the TV. tvs and uh i i just think it's it it's a great idea it's yeah just, it's, it's, it's a pretty
0: crazy stat too to think about that i don't i didn't really put a lot of thought into until i saw it but i totally the four, get it and it the made sense
1: per, the four percent
0: where yeah four percent of sports on tv are women's sports and i totally get it like i think you see maybe one WNBA game a week. They show women's college basketball very infrequently until you get to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I I totally see it.
1: Do you know if if um in Oregon in a place like that, um, could you bring your your uh, middle school girls' basketball daughter to, to and to watch all these these? Oh, that that's a good question. Um, What's the rule about being twenty one in, in in a sports eight. bar?
0: don't know and the only reason i say that is i've seen it kind of go both ways like there was a place that i really enjoyed it wasn't a sports bar but you had to be 21 to be let in but they had food like it wasn't like a you know like yeah. alcohol only type place so i don't know what the specific rules are in order i'll that.
1: bet you i'll bet you there's kids allowed in this i would place. be
0: shocked if this place would not allow kids in it seems like that that would be part of it but you know
1: hello hello there you are on the sports phone you're live
0: uh, if you've got food
3: and drinks, they're going to let the kids in. I mean, mm-hmm. any, any any sports bar that has food minus Patterson's, which I guess you really can't consider Patterson's a sports bar, but, <clears throat> you know, most of them will let kids in. Uh, what, a, what a great concept. Oh. Uh, I, I mean, you got to figure every two years is when the most female sports are shown on TV, and that's the winter and summer Olympics. And,
1: and, and then what?
3: after that, it pretty much dies right off.
1: The World Cup in 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 America aren't the the, yeah, World, yeah, say the Cup, World Cups yep, up there that too. That would
3: be another one, Jim. Good call, good call. But yeah, I mean,
1: and I say tennis tennis has made more inroads um, publicizing uh, female tennis than say golf has. Definitely, yeah.
3: Female golf is not promoted anywhere near. I mean, female tennis at times I would say could be more popular than men's tennis, depending on who's who's dominant.
1: It's funny, you know I, I mean, the, the, it's funny. I mean, it's funny. I'm easily say that I like watching um, men's basketball more more than women's basketball, but I like watching women's tennis more than men's tennis. Dude, I, I will agree with that. Yeah.
0: yeah. The, the one, Vince, I think you'll get a kick out of this. The one that I'm excited about for the sports bar is not to walk, walk in and watch like a WNBA game or women's college basketball game. I want to go in and watch the deep cuts. I don't want to watch the stuff that, like, I could turn on on my TV at home. I, I want to watch, like, so another one, I was just scrolling through the article. They just cut it. One of the deals they're cutting with are the Oregon Ravens, who are part of the Women's Football Association. Ah. So, like, I, I, I want to go in there and watch some women's football or some deep-cut thing. Like, I, I want to watch something that I didn't even know I
1: I want to watch I love it way more. That I've, I've said this from the beginning. I like high-level women's softball way more than men yeah. Oh, yeah. men's me softball. I'm in. I'm I want in. <laughs> I want to see yeah. I want to go there when the NCAA or the professional women's um softball is is on the television. I'd go for that.
3: This is this is great. We're, we're <laughs> this this definitely has a niche. This this has there there are actually we've just said it. All of us enjoy watching some form of female sports better than men's or or equally. Yeah. This place has something that I think could actually grab on. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, as long as I
0: he's... can get a good plate of nachos.
3: Hey, he's throwing the dice there. He's rolling the dice <laughs> on something. Or is, is it is it male-owned or female-owned, Jerry? Do you know? Uh, female-owned.
0: So it's it's female-owned, female-owned okay. and they're trying to source all of their food and beverages from female-owned companies. Wow.
1: It's, it's going to have great food. There's no, there's no way they do anything wrong here. This, this place will have good food. I guarantee it.
3: Yeah. What a what an amazing! I want to wow, get. I want to get.
1: How about we get this owner on the sports phone next week?
3: I, I was going to text. I was going to text you guys. That would be a great interview.
1: I, oh goodness! <laughs> I, I agree. This has been the best idea in sports in a long time.
4: I love it. Well, I love it. So so
3: going from a positive sports thing, I got my first topic back in my head. Um, you mentioned earlier, Jim, that the, the Americans beat the Russians in hockey um
1: in 1960
3: look at at what's about to happen i mean the the russians were just not allowed to compete under their flag in the olympics
4: due to Mm doping
3: now they're basically they haven't been totally kicked out of i mean a lot of a lot of soccer teams have basically skipped playing their game with them because of this ukraine thing they're basically being told they're not getting kicked out of any soccer federations they just can't use their flag they're most likely going to be booted out of the next Olympics that cuts out a lot of athletes in the world picture due to some, you know, political thing we don't want to get into on this show, but how how, that is just some crazy international stuff that's getting ready to happen. Um, and and you look at those hockey players that are Russian. There's, uh, I I, I guess there was a couple basketball players that are actually Ukrainian. They had the moment of silence in the uh, Nuggets game the other day. Yeah. Um, just, the world of sports took a little shake-up this week with that, I think, and I didn't know if you guys had looked into that at all or, or read anything about that or, or had any thoughts on that.
0: Well, I, I didn't know about that one, Vince, um, but I I had seen some of the other ones. And, like, this is the kind of thing where, obviously, I don't want to get into the, the, the Russia-Ukraine, like, political situation, but I, yeah, I as so. you said, you see, the, you see the ripple effect of those things into sports because the two ones that stood out for me that I heard about was uh, UEFA pulled the Champions League final out of Russia. It, the, the Champions League final was supposed to be in St. Petersburg and for, for context for listeners the Champions League in, in Europe is all of the best clubs in Europe regardless of what country you're from. You didn't say they what
1: sport soccer we're talking about right?
0: Soccer yeah sorry yeah soccer Um, they all play in a big tournament and then there's the, the finals and you know it can be two teams from the same country two teams from different countries that play in the finals but the finals was going to be played in St. Petersburg, and UEFA pulled that out, and that's now going to be in Paris. And then the other one I saw was Formula One, which is kind of the the international racing. You the, the United States has NASCAR, then internationally it's Formula One racing. They canceled the Russian Grand Prix, which is apparently a pretty big deal for uh, European Formula One racing. So. I didn't know about the ones you talked about, Vince, but in general, like, these are the ripple effects that sports sees from these types of political situations.
1: Yeah, I watched I watched ESPN um, the day after the the war broke out and in, in the invasion by Russia into Ukraine. And they basically said sports chimes in in this way. And they showed four or five different examples. There was a Ukrainian basketball players on some teams in the NBA and they... Um, you know all supported <clears throat> this big seven foot Ukrainian that, that I don't think starts on a team but he's definitely a, a player in the NBA there was a whole soccer team uh anyway the the, uh, the NBA definitely chimed in and and yeah. ESPN chimed in with all their examples and I'm sure there's a lot more now
3: yeah that was that was a good piece that's all that same piece uh, that was yeah. that was well done uh, and yeah it's just, just interesting stuff that's where I was gonna go with initially with the show and then I lost my train of thought, but uh, great show as always. Um, I'll let you guys. I think you're about to wrap up here in a little bit. So um, thanks, for, yeah,
1: thanks. Good stuff, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for hanging with us, Vince. <clears throat> That's it for Vince for tonight, Chair. He he's a sports phone regular.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but it's. I mean, this isn't the last we'll hear of this story. The, the Russia story from the sports world. I think the oh, longer my. it goes, the more impact it will have like translating over into sports is the the longer as this 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 situation plays out um it's only it's only going to get worse too like in terms of like the impact it's going to have in the sports world you know uh, especially internationally
1: in my life jerry you broke the story of the sports bra you broke it you (laughs) you broke the story i'm i broke it to this listening base i don't think i think the oregonian broke the story right but i have not heard about this i haven't heard about it on espn I haven't heard about it and um, any any other news sources that, that pop up on my phone. I haven't heard about it anywhere until you told me about it. I got a feeling in the next four weeks, without even trying to, it's not going to take much PR for the owner of this place to get an incredible amount of free advertising.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, especially, it's, like I said, that the, there couldn't be a better state and city for, for this restaurant to be opening up in.
1: I, I think it's going to be world-renowned in a very short period of time, that's yeah. just that's just. Yeah, a, I'm just going to go with a prediction there.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's absolutely possible.
1: How about um, we got no calls? What about an update on the baseball lockout? You want to throw that out
0: there? It funny. You asked me for an update on the baseball lockout before yeah. the show. Yeah, the update is still there's no update. Like, that's yeah. the but <laughs> it, the, the update is still they haven't come into an agreement. Now the problem with that is that they're up against the wall here where. The, the latest day a deal can be reached without delaying opening day, which is March 31st, is tomorrow. So, like, the update is there's no update, but the update to that is if they don't come up with something by tomorrow, you're going to see a situation where opening day might not happen as scheduled.
1: So you're saying that if if they don't come with a deal by tomorrow, and all indications are they're not close from everything I read, um, then they will start 30 days from then they'll have to start. I guess that's reasonable. I mean, you it's a big deal to play home. I mean, there's there's people that work at these stadiums and so that that's basically it in 30 days from tomorrow if they can't come up with an agreement tomorrow there's going to be no baseball um, on opening day. That's that's and, or for for weeks on in probably.
0: Yeah, uh, looking at kind of some reports from some insiders, there are they are still far apart on several significant issues, on uh, that neither side felt quote significant momentum or there was a breakthrough. So everyone wants more money. <laughs> Both sides still want to keep the money to themselves. And I know, I know that that's not totally accurate probably but whenever i see these arguments between players associations and leagues that lead to these lockouts my take on it is is everyone wants more money and no one wants to share
1: hey we're getting to the end of the show here good luck cloverdale cloverdale's yeah, yeah, gonna move thank, on I'd like
0: to quickly one more time thank uh, coach jared uh, for joining us on the show earlier today boys coach uh, for cloverdale basketball uh we'll be back next week it will be our first march edition of the sports phone uh, until then jim it's always a pleasure